0: continuing our series through the book of Daniel, and so if you have your Bible and like to get a head start, we're going to be looking at chapter 8 today. Uh, Just to let you know, there's 12 chapters, so we're getting close, and so we'll be in Daniel chapter 8 today, and we're going to look at that chapter. And so as you are turning there, really the the idea of today's, uh, really today's message, or I believe what God is trying to get across to us, is a very simple message, and it's this. It's that things are going to get Better. Eventually things are going to get better and I don't know about you but every once in a while I need to be reminded of this just to be to be encouraged to let me know hey things don't look great right now but God says things will get better. Now I think that one thing that many of us are, are looking for in life and that we, we really would like to have is that we would like to have rest. You know, it'd be so nice to be able to to get a good night's sleep. I don't know how many of y'all slept well last night. I know that in the first service, I know there were some who slept well during the service, but maybe not so well when they were in bed. But uh, I, every once in a while, you know, I have these streaks where you I know mean, I don't sleep all that well, I and mean, you know I've kind of I was like, man, I wish I had something I could take maybe fall asleep. Well, there is a there is a commercial that was on TV. And, uh, y'all, I'm one of those people that, infomercials, man, I'm a sucker for infomercials. But this one's just a regular commercial. It's for a sleep aid product called Lunesta. Y'all ever heard of that? Be on the wings of Lunesta. Now, I heard that, and as, as the guy starts talking, I'm thinking, get me a crate of that stuff. I mean, it sounds incredible. Let me just share with you what the narrator says when he comes on. He says, when you want to sleep, do you lie awake? And he starts talking, I'm thinking, he's talking to me. You know, so When you want to sleep, do you lie awake? When you go to sleep, or when you get to sleep, do you wake up often during the night? And I'm like, yes, that's me. He says, sleep is here on the wings of Lunesta. That's just a, that sounds so good. I'm thinking, this is stuff that I've got to have. He says, some sleep aids are approved to help you fall asleep and others to help you stay asleep. Prescription Lunesta helps you do both. Okay, I am sold at this point. So I'm like, get me some, but then the commercial keeps on going and he starts talking about side effects that possibly could come from taking Lunesta. Y'all listen to this. I had to look this stuff up just to write it down. It says, until you know how you will react to Lunesta, you shouldn't drive or operate machinery. Okay, I'm not taking this stuff to go driving around. But it says, walking, eating, driving, or engaging in other activities while asleep without remembering it the next day have been reported. <laughs> oh, Other abnormal behaviors include aggressiveness. Emily, you got to quit taking that. Uh, agitation, uh, hallucinations, and confusion. In depressed patients, worsening of depression include risk of suicide may occur. And these risks may increase if you drink alcohol. Severe allergic reactions such as the swelling of the tongue and throat occur rarely but may be fatal. Okay, I am the swelling of your tongue and throat? I'm just trying to sleep. And so I I sit there and I'm watching the commercial and they call it Lunesta. I'm thinking they shouldn't call it Lunesta, call it lunatic. Because if you take this stuff, you've got to be absolutely crazy and out of your mind. And so if I cho- I'd be worried about what possibly could happen to me if I started taking this stuff. Now, here's the spiritual application. There's really not one. But uh, here's the deal. I-, I feel like that the world offers us all kinds of sleep aid products or all kinds of things that potentially can give us rest. That potentially can help us to relax and be able to get through the anxieties that we, that we face in life. And a lot of the stuff that the world offers us, I mean, it, it's good. But what you learn later on is that there are side effects that come with what the world offers us. I mean, I sit down and I, I, I see things and I watch things and, you know, I, I worry and I worry about, you know, the economy and I worry about you know what is what is healthcare going to mean for me and then and then I worry about the the crumbling moral decay that we see all around us and I just I feel at, and I don't feel at ease in life I'm very much on une- at, 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 at I'm not at rest and I'm like is there anything that can be given to me that will help me out cuz I don't see us being really on a good path in life and here's the beauty of, of what we learned today in Daniel chapter 8. And that is that everything seems in chaos. There's a lot of things that we see moving at warp speed away from, from what we believe that God teaches us in Scripture. But Daniel has a message in, in chapter 8 where he says, but listen here, it's going to get better. I mean, don't you need to hear that every once in a while? You know, it's it's. It's going to get better. Whatever it is that you might be facing, that there's a promise from God that says it's going to get better. Now Daniel, the people that he was speaking to, and when he was having these dreams and this vision, y'all, things were not going well for them. I mean, they're in captivity. As a matter of fact, in our text, they've been in captivity in Babylon for about 60 years. And any hope that the people had of being able to go back home and to have things return to normal, it it was a far-off dream. And there was no way that it was going to happen. But Daniel had a vision and a dream from God. And he comes away saying, it's going to get better. And so we're going to look in Daniel chapter 8. So if you look there, you'll see that the title of this chapter is called The Vision of a Ram and a Goat. Okay, where do you go with a sermon on that? You know, a vision of a ram and a goat. Well, here's, here's how it goes. Daniel had a vision from God. He has a dream. And in the vision, it's Israel's been in captivity, as I said, for about 60 years up to this point. And then Daniel, as the people are they're restless, they don't feel much hope, they're in need of rest. Daniel has this dream, and he's got good news for him, in a sense. And he, gets, he comes to him, he's like, I've had a dream about a ram and a goat. And that's not a message or a dream that I want you to be having if you're trying to get me in a good mood. So what's this dream all about? All right, he starts off by having a dream about a ram and it says that this ram has two horns and it goes around and it gores other animals. It's sort of a gruesome dream and nothing is able to defeat this this ram. What is this talking about? Well we learn later on this is prophecy. The The first six books of Daniel are biographical. Talk about him, his experiences. The last six chapters of Daniel are prophetic. They talk about things that are going to happen in the future. And this is where we're in Daniel 8 now. So it's a prophecy that's being given. And so he said, what's the deal with the ram here? Well, God was telling, we learned this later on, he was telling Daniel that this kingdom, or that this ram represented a kingdom. It represented the Persian Empire, the, the Medes and the Persians. And God was letting Daniel know that as you were living in Babylon, he said, this kingdom's going to come, and they're going to wipe you out. This kingdom's going to come, and they're going to take charge of where you are right now. Now, this is interesting because this is written before it actually happened. And then he goes on, and he has more of a dream. So he dreams about a ram. Then he has a dream about a goat. And this goat that he dreams about, it says that he has one horn. So it's like a unigoat, you know, a unicorn. And this goat is running around, and he, he he gores the ram and kills it. And he destroys everything around it. And it says it look, he looks unconquerable, but then that horn shatters, and it says, out of this goat, four more horns pop up. Y'all, this is weird stuff, I know. And so I struggled with this. So well, what's going on here? Well, we learn later on that this is another kingdom that's going to come. And it says it's from the Greek empire, and it represents the first king who comes along and dominates the world. You know who that was? It's Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was a, a you know, child prodigy. I mean, he's a military prodigy, became king at 13. Within six years, he had conquered most of the known world. He died at the height of his power at 33. Now, when he died, the kingdom, this is the horn being shattered, the kingdom was split into four different kingdoms. And one of these kingdoms was to actually have reign and rule over the Israelite people. Okay, so that you're saying okay. That, so, out of this message, out of this dream, I've got good news for you. Is that how in the world do you see any good news whatsoever when you talk about a ram and a goat and Israel being bandied about by all these different countries? Well, y'all they, believe it or not, there is hope in this message. Now, what's the hope? Well, God gives us signs. He gave signs for these people that everything's going to get better. And I want you to know that today, God gives us signs that in the world we are living right now, things are going to get better. And so what are the signs? Just two today, because I had to explain the ram and the goat, so I had to cut it short. So just two signs. And what are the signs that it's going to get better? Here's the first one. First sign God lets us know it's going to get better is this. God is aware of our circumstances. One thing that we can know about God one reason why we can know that things in life will improve things will eventually get better is because God knows what's going on he's not oblivious he's not blind now I want you to look with me in verse number nine and it says, from one of them a little horn emerged and grew extensively toward the south and east and toward the beautiful land and it grew as high as the heavenly host made some of the stars and some of the hosts fall uh, fall uh, fall to the earth and he trampled them and it made itself great so you know we're talking about you know, the goat guy here okay, so It says even up to the prince of the host and it removed his daily sacrifice and overthrew the place of his sanctuary and because of rebellion a host together with the daily sacrifice will be given over and it says the horn will throw truth to the ground and will be successful in whatever it does it says, then I heard a holy one speaking, so Daniel's still having this dream, and another holy one said to the speaker, how long will the events of this vision last? It says, the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that makes it desolate, and the giving over of the sanctuary and of the host to be trampled. And he said to me, for 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary will be restored. Okay, this again, this is prophecy, it's speaking and this language is kind of hard to follow. But in this dream, what you discover, as you read through it, you'll say it's a strange dream. When you read, through the, you read through this passage of scripture, you say, okay, not only is it strange, it's also a little bit confusing to me. But, but what you're seeing is that Israel, what Daniel's telling Israel, he's like, listen, guys, we're just going to continue to be bandied about by these three different kingdoms. It's going to be the Babylonians, the Persians, and then the Greeks for years to come. And they're just going to be sort of tossed us around, and once again, we are going to be caught in the middle. We're going to be in turmoil for years to come. Okay, so there's gonna be good news here. Say, so well, what's, what's the good news? That God's aware of all this. God knows what's going on. It would have been so easy, and I'm sure for many of the people in this day, where they were asking the question where is God? God, what are you doing? God, is it that you know what's going on, but you're powerless to do anything about it? And I identify with this because I look at, I look at life and I see you know, where we are, and I'm not going to go into it, but I see where we are, some of the things we're experiencing, and I think, where's God? You know, why is this stuff happening? Why are we going through this? But what God was letting the people know through Daniel, so he's like, I want the people to understand that I don't just know what they're experiencing. I don't just see what's happened to their past, what's going on in the, in the present. I want them to understand that I see even into the future. Remember, these are prophetic events. When God said, you know, the ram and the goat are going to come, these other kingdoms, it hadn't happened yet. This was prophecy. And you know what happened? Everything that is written in chapter 8 happened. And it was a sign to the people to let them know God is aware of what's going on and he knows what's going to happen. When it talks about the Greek empire coming into power, this, is, I, this stuff's fascinating to me. This, ha, this was written about 200 years before Alexander the Great was ever born. Do you find that neat? If you don't, just nod your head. I mean, that's, this is wild. God gets even more specific in his reading of future events. If you go to verses 10 through 13, it's prophesied that after the Jews return to Israel, it says that their temple is going to be defiled. And you all know that the temple, you know in Israel, the big gold dome, that is where the original temple is, right in that area is where it sat. And so Daniel said, when we return back to our homeland someday, it hadn't happened yet, he said, there's going to be one of these kingdoms, one of the Greek kingdoms, is going to have a leader who's going to come in, and he will set up a statue of himself in our temple and defile it. But after 2,300 days, we're going to kick him out and we're going to take charge again. Guys, guess what? It happened. Under a guy named Antiochus Epiphanes, you don't care, I don't really either, but it's neat to see that you can read about it in history and find out that hundreds of years later, what was written in Daniel chapter 8 actually happened. You say, well what's the good news in all this? The people suffer. Well yeah, that's sort of the side story. But you know here's the deal for us. You know, sometimes in life, have y'all figured this out? There are sometimes in life when life can just stink. You know where it's not fun. Have you all experienced that? You know, there are times in life when things happen and you say, you know what, this, this isn't fair. What's, what's going on in my life right now is absolutely not right. Well, then this message is for you. Because what God is telling Daniel as he reveals future events, is he's saying, hey, it's, it's going to be better. There's coming a time when things will be made right. And they said, but then why are they going through the bad stuff? Why do we go through bad stuff now? It's not fair. Look at the people written about in our text. Do y'all remember why they are in Babylonian captivity in the first place? you know why they're there? They're disobedient to God. They abandoned God. God didn't abandon them. They just said, Lord, we don't need you anymore. We're we'll going to do what we want to do. And where'd they end up? Well, they end up in trouble. Guys, let me tell you something. I believe many of the things that we experience in life, what we are experiencing now, what we see now as we see the decay of of morality in our country, hey, that didn't come from God. Where did it come from? It came from sin. It came from us going after the things that God denounces. You know, Ephesians 2-3 tells us that it is in our very nature to go against the things of God. Do you know that? It is in our nature, it is in my nature, it is in your nature, whether you agree with me or not, to defy authority. Nobody in here enjoys it when somebody tells them what to do. I mean, if, if you do, if you don't mind that, then you're lying. Nobody likes it when somebody tells us what to do. If somebody tells me you should not Do this, you know what my first inclination is? It is to think I need to do that. Why? Because they told me not to. And I don't like it when somebody says I can't do something. Well, we do the same thing with God. We defy God. But here's what's interesting. Did you know God already knows all this stuff? God is not caught off guard about what's taking place in our lives because he understood and he understands what sin does to us. And whenever I look at our world today, man, I can get depressed and I think, man, we are just in trouble. We don't stand a chance but that's because I only see things from my perspective, whereas God sees things from a totally different perspective than I do. He looks at everything concerning all of history. I look at everything concerning all of me. Right? In my life, you know what's most important? The most important thing is how everything affects me. With God... It is a much bigger picture. Now, we all know perspective changes everything, right? Depends on where you're standing concerning how you view events. Um, I'll get, I'll, let me give you a baseball analogy. I just, Earl Weaver was, a man, was the manager for the Baltimore Orioles years ago. I, if you like baseball, you know who he is. He was, sort of like a, he was a tough manager. He's brilliant. I uh, won some World Series under him, but he had Reggie Jackson on his team at one point, and when Reggie Jackson was on his team, he let him know, he said, nobody on this team will steal second base unless I give them the signal to steal. If you don't like baseball, just bear, bear with it. Tune me out just for a second, but this, I think this is kind of a neat story. So he, he said, don't ever steal. Reggie Jackson didn't like this. I am a superstar. I'll be able to steal whenever I want to. Um, I can read pitchers and catchers better than just about anybody, so he steals in one game without the coach's signal. And he, after he steals, he kind of looks over at Old Weaver like, I told you I knew what I was doing. Well, after the game was over, Weaver called him over and said, let me tell you why I told you not to steal. He said, when you went to second base, it opened up first base. Lee May, if you all remember Lee May, he's a great power hitter. He said he was up to bat next. Um, he said, so they intentionally walked him. He said, so it took the bat out of his hands. He said, the next guy coming up, he said he was in a slump. He said, so I had to use a pinch hitter to try to drive you two guys in. He said, it was early in the game. He said, so by the end of the game, I couldn't call on him anymore. He said, you look at everything concerning you and the batter and the catcher. He said, when I look at things, he goes, I look at the entire game. Guys, that is, that is, that's that's God. I look at everything concerning the pitcher and the catcher. God's like, I'm watching the entire game. Okay, my life life experiences are very short. I haven't been around forever. And so I just I make decisions based off of my little view of things. And God says, I know things don't look good right now, but in the big picture of history, God says things are going to get better. God lets us know things are going to get better. He lets us, hey, listen, I, I, I'm letting you know this by letting you know I'm aware of all circumstances in the past, the present, and I know what's going to happen in the future. Okay, so what's another sign? that things are going to get better, that comes from God. And this is my favorite one. It's real simple. We can know things are going to get better because of what God tells us in these next verses. He has a plan, and it is a plan to win. We can know that things will get better because, like I said last week, it's because God wins, and he has a plan. Now, let's look at it. Verse number 15. This is kind of interesting, but it's it's a little long. It says, while well, I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there stood before me someone who appear, appeared to be a man. And I heard a human voice calling from the middle of the Eulai Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. The Gabriel's an angel. And so he approached where I was standing. And when he came near, I was terrified and fell face down. Son of man, he said to me, understand the vision refers to the time of the end. While he was speaking to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me, made me stand up, and said, I'm here to tell you what will happen at the conclusion of the time of wrath because it refers to the appointed time of the end. This vision right here is dealing with the end of all times. It says the two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Medea and Persia. Shaggy goat represents the king of Greece. And the large horn between his eyes represents the first king the four horns that took the place of the shattered horn represent the four kingdoms. No rise from that nation, but without its power. And near the end of their kingdoms, when the rebels have reached the full measure of their sin, an insolent king, skilled in intrigue, will come to the throne. You know who we're talking about here? The insolent king who'll come to the throne. It's referring to the Antichrist. Have you all heard that before? It's, the, it's a bad dude. He's going to come in and look like he is establishing peace for our world. He's going to be a leader in our world. It says his power will be great, but it will not be his own. He will cause terrible destruction and succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the powerful along with the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper through his cunning and by his influence. In his mind, he will make himself great. And in a time of peace, he will destroy many... He will even stand against the prince of princes, stand against God. But he will, he will be shattered, not by human hands. The vision of the evening and the morning that has been told is true. Now, you must seal up the vision because it refers to many days in the future. Now this is really fascinating to me. You know, you know it, it is always good to have a plan. Now unless you unless if you go up for a stroll and you're like, yeah, I don't need a plan when I go up for a stroll. And I'm just gonna walk around and just enjoy the weather and all this stuff. That that's true. You don't need to plan for that unless it rains. And when it rains then you need to plan. Otherwise what's gonna happen? You're gonna get wet, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna look good whenever you get back to the house. You're gonna make the house messy. So it's always good to have a plan. Well, the, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, they had a plan at one point. They were following after the leadership of God. Remember before this, they had gone into the nation of Israel out of Egyptian captivity? You remember how they got there? You remember what they followed? They followed as a pillar of fire and smoke would guide them. It was God directing them during the day and the night. Well, there came a time when they said, we're not going to follow anymore. You know, we don't, need, we don't need to follow your directions. We're going to live under our own leadership which sounded good for a while but there came a time when they were living under their own leadership when they got lost and they didn't have a plan they didn't have directions on how to get back to where they were going to be safe and so they were relying upon the mercy of the world to take care of them and what you discover as you read through the bible is the world is not a very merciful place and you see it here in our text what's being written about here is, is actually prophecy if you look in verse number 26 It tells us this is a reference to the end of all times. What's going to happen? It says there will be nations, there will be armies that will gather together to literally stand against God. And will be led by one person in particular. The Bible says he's going to look unconquerable. If you look in verse number 24, it says that his power will be great. This is one of the signs that you can know that he's coming. The things that we used to say were right, we will now call them wrong. The things that we used to say were wrong, we're not going to call them right. Now, I used to be like Daniel in this text where it says, you must seal up the vision because it refers to many days in the future. I thought, man, that's so far away. You know what? When I look at what's going on today, I think, man, it might be a lot closer than I thought. That God might be coming back sooner than I ever Dreamed that the world could be coming to this conclusion, you know, and I, I feel that way because because I see what's happening all around us. yeah, you know, I, go, I go to the why, and whenever I go to the why, I get on the treadmill and i'll run, I watch that TV, you know, and I sit there and I, tr- I turn it to the news, and so I put my headphones in, I watch the news, and as I 'm running, you know what happens to me as I run, I get more and more depressed and for and so, I've seen some of you guys in here. Brad and and you get you don't get depressed you get angry and so we run and I'm depressed Brad's angry and you know I'm thinking the world is just it is it is dying I'm just gonna I need to quit running and just go eat donuts because it doesn't matter anymore and I I don't have any hope no hope but here's what the Bible says even though evil is advancing know the Bible says evil will advance in the last days it says, even though evil is advancing, God has a plan. What's his plan? Y'all, it's so simple. Here's the plan. He wins. If you look in verse 25, it says, as the world moves farther away from God's leadership, it says, God eventually will step in, and he will, it says, he will shatter evil. Isn't that a great word? It will shatter it. You know what that word shatter literally means? It means to be wrecked, to be broken beyond repair. In other words, God's victory over evil will be complete. It will evil will never be able to raise its head again because God is going to squash it. Now how do I know that? The Bible prophesied it. You might know, say, "Well, how can we trust that?" Guys, remember everything written so far that we've read had not happened yet. And then it happens. Did you know there's a lot of prophecies in the Bible? As a matter of fact, there's 2,500 prophecies in the Bible. Did you know 2,000 of them have been fulfilled? Now, did 500 of them, did they fail? No, they just haven't been fulfilled yet. Some of the prophecies, the book of Isaiah, uh, 700 years before Jesus was born, said that a Messiah was coming. The book of Micah, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, it said the Messiah was will be born in Bethlehem. Is that crazy? Yeah, we're going to get to Daniel 9. In, in, in two more weeks, we'll get to Daniel 9. We're going to see how specific prophecy actually gets. But here's the deal. Before the foundation of the world, God had a plan, and his plan is victory. And things look bad right now, but God says, I'm going to step in when it looks hopeless. And he says, I'm going to shatter evil. Now, here's the deal. Are we going to trust this plan? Are we going to trust that he's God, that he keeps his word? There's a pastor um, named James Brown, not the singer, but James Brown was a, a pastor, and he, he was getting his pilot's license. And he said he's flying this little Cessna, and he was almost, almost finished with all of his lessons, and he went up, and the, the, the teacher was next to him, and he said, what I want you to do is I want you to take the plane up, and I want you to put it into an extended dive. He said, I wasn't real excited about doing that, but I did it and said, so we were diving. He said, the plane stalled out. And he said, when it stalled out, he said, I, of course, I got nervous. And he said, I'm looking over to the, my instructor, waiting for him to help me. And he said, he's sitting there with his arms crossed. And he said, I began to realize he's not going to do anything. And he said, so I got my wits about me again. And he said, I finally figured out how to get the plane going again. And we leveled off. He said, as soon as that happened, he said, I turned, next to, uh, turned to my instructor. He said, I gave him the what for. He said, I was ticked off, I was angry. And he said, he interrupted me and said, listen James, he said, there is no position you can get this plane in that I can't get it out of. He said, if you want to learn how to fly, he said, take it up and let's do it again. And he said, it was just like God was giving him a message and telling him, James, remember this, there is no situation that you can get your life into that this world can get into that I can't get it out of. So the key is to trust me. And I thought, man, what a great lesson for me to learn how to live by. Say, God, I don't understand what's happening right now. But there's, there's two things I know. First, there's no situation we can ever be in that you can't get us out of. And the second one is that you keep your word. And you will be victorious. Now, I'm not a proponent of Gambling. But guys, if I did gamble, this would be a good thing to bet on right here. When God says I win, you know, if, if you go to a game and you've, you've already, if you already knew who won, who are you going to bet on? You're going to bet on the winning team. When it comes to God, we already know who wins. We already know who wins. So bet on him. And trust your life to him. Now, does that mean we're gonna understand everything? Does that mean that life's all of a sudden gonna get fair? Nope. But here's what it does mean. There's coming a day when God will shatter evil. It's not if he does it, it is when he does it. And so let's trust him and then let the chips fall where they may. So, what does that mean in the big picture? Here it is. The big picture? It's gonna get better. Things are gonna get better. How do we know it's gonna get better? God's aware of our circumstances. And he reminds us that he has a plan, and his plan is victory. The question is, are you on his side or not? Have you trusted him?